Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are now joined by a great Met fan. Um, He's an annoying bitch when it comes to the Rangers, (laughs) the Knicks, and the football team he roots for. But when it comes to the Mets... I respect this man as a Met fan. You can watch him on SNY and obviously doing overnights on WFAN. And that is Salakata. Sal, how you been, pal? At least we have common ground with the Mets. Something we've been discussing. Jeez, when did you start as fan? 2004, I did my first show. Right, so basically, and I started as an intern in 03. So you're talking about almost 20 freaking years in some way, shape, or form, we've been discussing the Mets together. Or even if it was just me listening to you or you seeing tweets or watching shows, for almost 20 years we've been going back and forth about the Mets. And all these years later, you won't let me forget that I thought Oliver Perez would win a Cy Young at some point. <laughs> Amongst other stuff. You know what sticks with me? That one and then Beningo talking about Victor Diaz being oh. screwed. Victor Diaz, I think, is going to be better than Manny Ramirez or David Wright. I forget exactly what he said. Oh, there, there's a line, and I guess I could play it because it's still saved, where Joe says, and he owns this, like Joe owns the, the things he said in the past, in which the line is, mark my words, bro, Victor Diaz will be a better Met than either David Wright or Jose Reyes. Oh, the line. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, look, when you I'm learning when you're on the air long enough, you're bound to say dumb shit. But that was one of the dumber things that I can remember. from. Well, Joe. I'm I'm hoping that this doesn't go down as a dumb line. But you proclaimed this division race over a couple weeks ago. And right. it's not. And a part of why it's not is nothing or even to do with the Mets. The Mets have been fine despite these two losses to Houston. It's because the Atlanta Braves are the defending world champions and they got really, really hot. Are you going to walk that back? Because this division race is not over, dude. Well, I mean, if you're being technical, is it over? No, of course it's not over. But at the time that I said it, I see, I didn't even think that it was a big deal because, I mean, well, who'd you think was going to win the division? I thought the Mets were going to win the division coming into the year. At that particular moment, they were up 10 and a half games, if I'm not mistaken, on June 1st. So Memorial Day came and went. The Braves looked awful. They were dead and buried. So, yeah, I mean, if I thought the Mets were going to win the division, why would I think that it wouldn't be over at that particular point? Oh, and by the way, even with their 14-game win streak and the Braves playing better baseball, they're still 
still trailing the Mets as we taped this by five. And I know Atlanta was losing 2-1 last I saw. But, I mean, is it technically over? No, but I think the Mets are winning the division. So I'm not going to back that down. I, I'm hopeful I'm hopeful the Mets are going to win the division too, by the way. Not hopeful. It's... No, not hopeful. I believe that they're winning the division. But the other thing is I would back it down if it were because of the Mets losing. But they haven't done that. That's no, the biggest difference. No, no. I, I'm not even disagreeing with you in that the Mets did anything wrong during this. The Mets are off to one of their greatest starts in franchise history. And I think sometimes we're all not appreciating it enough. I think a part of it's the Yankees. Fair or not. Like, right. I think the Yankees. I, I used to, I'll give you this basketball analogy because I think you relate to it. In 13, the Knicks won 54 games. Guys had a great year. The Nets won 49 games. I had so little enjoyment that year. Because the whole year, the Knicks were better. And I knew that they were better. And I think for some Mets fans, not all, what's taken away from this great start, one of the great starts in the franchise's history, is that there's a team that we both talk about a lot, they're in this town, Mm. that have been better. So I I think that there's no negative to what the Mets have done. It's just that what I think you did, here's where I disagree with you. The Braves are the defending world champions. They've won how many NL East division crowns in a row? Just because they were playing crap baseball... Never to me meant, well, they're done. They're going to win 85 games. They're a lot. Like the Atlanta Braves legitimately right now could win 95 games. And that's enough, especially with 15 games head to head between the Mets and Braves, to say this is going to be a dogfight. This is going to be a great race that may come down to the final week of the year. Right. But 10 and a half game lead, that is unheard of at that point. And. And regardless of what the Braves are going to do, and I didn't think that the Braves are going to go away quietly, and I even said it in there, the Braves will make a run, it'll probably be too late. Now, I didn't realize that as the words came out of my mouth, the Braves will reel off 14 wins in a row. <laughs> but think, and think about what it took just to get back to being five and a half games out. But the other aspect of it is, you know, they don't have Scherzer the Mets. They don't have DeGrom back at that point. They're going to get those guys. And to use your phrase, Stevie Cohen and that beautiful money of his, you know that they're going to go out there. Now, look, I hope that they can take advantage of some bad contracts and, and take our money, but they're going to improve the ball club. So all of those things factored in to me is what made me say the division was over at that particular point. Now, technically, is it over? No, the Braves have done a nice job getting themselves back in the conversation but I'm not worried one bit. I truly believe wholeheartedly the Mets are winning the division. All right, you you mentioned Cohen's beautiful money, and I agree. I think we as Mets fans have confidence that come July 31st, Steve Cohen is not going to certainly be deterred by money. Right now, because I go back and forth on this, we have a, an injury concern of Carlos Carrasco is going to have an MRI in his back. Hopefully he's okay. There's always going to be an injury concern around Jake. I love Jacob DeGrom. He's become my all-time favorite Met, but I got to call it like it is. You can't trust Jacob DeGrom. I mean, how, how can you? The guy's barely pitched. Then you've got Eduardo Escobar, who quite frankly sucks. He's a great dude. We all love Foca de Chow. He's been awful. He admits he's awful. Doesn't make it any better. He's awful. J.D. Davis can't hit my fastball, and Dom Smith is a quadruple-A player. So when you look at those concerns and the bullpen – which, outside of Edwin Diaz, who I have to admit has been great, what's the number one thing you would want to add? Third base, DH, starting pitcher, bullpen help. Go. Um, well, I think bullpen has to be number one. As much as I want to say DH and God, I mean, they need a DH. It can't be that difficult. You have the luxury of having all you need is a DH. He doesn't have to play third, doesn't have to run the bases, doesn't have to throw the ball. Just get somebody who can hit. There's got to be somebody somewhere now that the Mets can get to BADH that's better than what we've seen from Cano, Dom Smith, and J.D. Davis. But even with that, it's imperative they get 
Really, they need two bullpen arms because outside, and I was just talking with Omar and I about this after the show today, Baseball Night New York. Outside of Diaz, there is nobody you can trust in that bullpen. And what happens if Diaz either you know struggles a little bit or something happens with Diaz where he's out for 10 days or two weeks? They're screwed. They need at least one, probably two bullpen arms. To me, that is a top priority. Maybe not in the postseason because in the postseason they'll have starters that they could use out of the pen. Right now, they are in desperate need of some bullpen arms. No, I completely agree. I, I was saying this recently that Diaz may be the most important player right now. I could right. come up with ways to replace everybody. You lose Pete Alonso, it sucks. It would hurt the lineup in a major, major way. You can find a way to at least somewhat adequately replace him. We've seen the rotation take hits all season long, but you're right. Edwin Diaz, who's had a great year, misses any extended period of time. You're going to ask Seth Lugo to close games? I mean, he is a shell of his former self. He's been a problem, Lugo, because they needed one of those guys. Lugo, Adovino, Drew Smith, Trevor May. They needed one, really two, I guess, of that bunch to be somewhat trustworthy. And they've got nobody that could be consistent and trustworthy. Luckily, Diaz. Yeah, I've been saying he's their MVP. I know Alonzo, but yeah. you take Diaz off this team, they're screwed. No, they need Diaz. I think Drew Smith has been good. I can't rely that that's going to continue in the second half of the year. I think what's going to be tough about the bullpen help thing is there aren't a lot of great relievers that are going to become available because most of the teams that are clearly out of it don't have elite-level relievers. Like, I love this Bednar in Pittsburgh. I'd go after him, Soto with the Tigers, but it's not, it's not an incredibly long list. Now, are you in agreement that as we sit here in late June, J.D. Davis and Dom Smith are not the answer? We've seen yes. opportunities from both. And look, I'm all for calling up a young guy like Mark Vientos or Francisco Alvarez just to see. Just to see, all right, we got a month. Let's see if one of these guys can take off. Let's see if one of these kids could become like Miguel Cabrera in 2003 right. or, you know, some young player that makes a big impact. Even oh, Michael Conforto for us. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but you're done with J.D. and Dom, right? Yes, I am. And I, I think in, in sports, like, I wanted to give Kanoa a legitimate chance. Obviously, he failed. Okay, let's see what Dom would do getting a run. I would have preferred to see Alonzo more DH Dom at first. But Dom had opportunities, didn't get it done. And it's different. This is not 2019 anymore. This is not 2017 or 2018. It's different. This team has World Series aspirations. Forget the Dom Smiths and the J.D. Davis. Go get a legitimate bat. There have to be better options. Even J.D. Davis, who I liked and figured, okay, if he's going to give you anything, he can't play defense. He can't play, obviously, he can't play the outfield where they tried to force him down our throats. Can't play third base. Can't run. Can't throw. Whatever. At least maybe he can hit. He can't even do that. So, no, I'm done. Beyond done with Cano, Dom Smith, and J.D. Davis. Of the three of them, not one guy worth anything. They need to go get a legitimate bat. And I would not be opposed to eventually bringing up Alvarez. Look, he's never going to catch at the big league level at this particular point, but his bat will play. He can hit the fastball. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Yeah. No, and I think that with the way the rosters are constructed now, with the fact that you can't carry more than 13 pitchers, with the fact that we got 26-man rosters and we have the DH, if you call up Francisco Alvarez and you say, you're going to catch once a week, 
All right? We think that you can handle a pitching staff once in a while, not all the time. And you have him catch once a week, which gives you a break from the lack of offense from Tomas Nito and eventually James McCann, who's coming back. <laughs> and then you DH him. Like, I think he could be used in that kind of way. I don't know if he's going to be the answer because we need to find out soon. You know, there's a trade deadline on July 31st. And so that's why I'm at the point now of whether it's Vientos, who probably has more versatility because he could play third base, could play first base, or Alvarez. I got to see one of those kids for the next month just so that we know for sure, okay, they got to add another bat. Because we don't know. They can't be worse. See, that's what I don't understand. And I get that you don't want to bring these prospects up too soon. And I guess Billy Epler, who follows the Yankee mold, does not want to bring guys up, obviously, from AA. So Alvarez will have to you know, go through the system, I would think. But they can't be any worse than the zero production that they're getting from that spot with the other guys that we mentioned. We've seen Nick Plummer get opportunity. I mean, come on. Go with somebody who's at least got a shot here to potentially be a difference maker, especially at a time. Remember, too, when the Mets called up Conforto, there was pressure on Conforto because the team was not hitting. This is different. This is a luxury now. This is just in addition to the best offense, you know, scoring runs-wise or whatever, average-wise on base percentage. In baseball, it's not a it's not a pressurized situation where they can bring somebody up, bat them eighth or ninth in the order, and see if they could get anything from that spot. Yeah, you're right. Because I remember in 15, their offense was so bad that Juan Uribe and Kelly Johnson yeah. were treated as if, oh, my God, the cavalry is coming. It was, <laughs> it was just that they weren't John Mayberry. That's why we were excited. But you're right. You come up here with a lot less pressure. The other thing is, if they could add a big bat, you want another guy who can actually hit for power on this team. I know Lindor's hit for power this year, but other than Pete Alonso, they don't have a slugger on this team. And somebody to protect Pete. Because right now, the best hitter in this lineup to protect Pete Alonso is Jeff McNeil, who they missed over the last two games in this Astros series because he's their most clutch player. Well, they were built with Cano in that spot, right? I mean, lefty bat, he was supposed to be... They the couldn't have guy. relied and, on that. And, and by the way, I hate to go back, but like if if nobody... I mean, I feel like you or I knew better, right? In the majority of Met fans, nobody wanted to see Robinson Cano. However, they stuck with him. And in instead of replacing Cano with a legitimate DH, not that you need to spend $100 bucks on somebody, but there were plenty of options to get to be a much better DH. They didn't do it in part, I believe, because of Cano. And then they cut bait with him early on because he's washed up. And now they're looking for a DH ever since. But yeah, I mean, I looked at the lineup on paper coming into the year. I thought Cano was going to be that guy to back up Lindor, Alonzo, and be that legitimate fifth hitter who could provide some power from the left side. They don't have it. I mean, Giorme batting fifth today. And I love Giorme. He's not a five hitter. Escobar has not done the job. Canna, not a five hitter. Obviously, as we mentioned, none of the DH guys. So they could use, you're right, not just a bat, but another power bat to protect those guys yeah, in they, that order. They don't have anywhere close to a protection for Pete Alonso on this roster right now, unless one of the kids came up and hit for pop. Like right now, their best team, their best lineup features Luis Guillerme playing every day. Right. And I was mentioning this before. If you bench Escobar, if you say, look, all right, Eduardo, and Buck hinted at it, let's give him a couple of days. Uh, I'd play Guillerme at second and McNeil at third base because Luis Guillerme at second base is marvelous. I mean, he is, him and Lindor are special as a double play combination. Did you and, hear the story we, we talked about on Baseball Night New York? I'm not sure where else or where it was said, but where Guillerme, I guess, was asked about wearing a cup. Yes, and he, yes. Yeah, and he stuck up his hands and said, I don't need one. <laughs> he, he's got great. I mean, that is great. He's got, he's the best 
defensive infielder that I've seen since my guy Ordonez. I mean, he's got sick hands. I love Guillaume. I've always liked Guillaume because I like guys that thrive in their role. You don't expect him to hit 20 home runs and drive in 80 runs, right. but you expect him to be a versatile defensive player who can put the bat on the ball. That's exactly what he's done. And guess who else likes guys like that? Buck. Buck yeah. Walter loves him. So he's going to be in the lot. Whether he's the official everyday third baseman, second baseman, whatever, Buck is going to find a spot for him in that lineup, especially with Escobar struggling. Before we get to Buck, because I know you want to make love to him, and I respect that. <laughs> I do. I very much do. I think because of the Carrasco injury, because of the uncertainty around Jacob DeGrom, because Tyler McGill is not making another start for this team. Let's be realistic about that. Whatever? You think he's done this year? No, I, no I, I'm not saying he's done this year. I think if he ever comes back, he's in the bullpen. Like I, okay, I, just, that's fair, yeah. I think he's going to miss time. I don't know if they're going to stretch him out again. And then I think they're going to evaluate and say, hey, he could add value for us out of the bullpen. I know that there's a... If you're pitching a guy every two days or back-to-back days, is there more risk of injury than pitching once every five days and throwing 85 pitches? I'm not sure. I'm just – and this isn't even being negative. I just don't think Tyler McGill is a guy that I can rely on in this rotation for the rest of the season. I'm starting to think that maybe they should trade for a starter, and I have two two reasons for it besides the fact they need one right now, the fact that Trevor Williams is best off as a long man than as a guy making a start every once in a while. But they have so many free agents at the end of this season – that if you can add another guy who's got control, a guy who can help you now, so I'm not just talking about 2023, but a guy that can help you now and then be an option for you next year when Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco, Chris Bassett, mm-hmm. Jacob DeGrom, not that Jake's going anywhere, could all be free agents. I think there would be something to it. Someone DM'd me Paul Blackburn, who's had a great year for the Oakland A's. Okay. Tyler Molly. Okay. These guys aren't great. I'm not telling you the difference makers where they're going to make starts in October, but... I'm starting to get concerned that they could use some pitching depth because every time you think they're about to get healthy, someone else is getting hurt. Right, but to your point, they're not going to get a difference maker, nor do they need one, because if DeGrom and Scherzer are not healthy, it doesn't matter anyway come October. I mean, they can fight, but they need at least Scherzer to be there to be the difference maker in the postseason. You're never going to get that. So they between DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, they should be okay at the top of the rotation. But they are – I'm tired of watching Trevor Williams take starts for this team. Can't do it. So if there was any issue with Carrasco or there's a delay in Scherzer, then they need to start it. But the question becomes, what do you give up? Because you can't expend all your assets on the rotation. They need more balance. They desperately need a bullpen. They need, to me, at least another bat in that lineup. They should be good with pitching once healthy and deep with pitching, too. I mean, who's you, you could account for losing a guy or two. Come on. They've lost DeGrom from the beginning of the year. Scherz has been out of the month. The guy's never hurt. Tyler McGill hurt, back, hurt again, and um, potentially something with Carrasco or somebody else. You don't expect to lose four or five guys from your rotation. I don't think any team can withstand that. I would like an arm for depth that's maybe better than Trevor Williams or somebody that they could bring up for the minors, but I'm not going nuts because bullpen is a major priority, and I still want another bat over another starter. Yeah, look, the bullpen, and I think we kind of knew this going into the season, they they definitely need another arm. Um, one thing I like is Edwin Diaz, and we saw this a few weeks ago, he's going to eventually be asked to get five, six outs come playoff time. Uh, if he's continuing to pitch at this level. I know his last few saves have been shaky, though that the one where Alonzo made the play at the plate, it was soft contact all throughout. But we're going to see Buck Showalter come October. 
he's going to extend Edwin Diaz. I mean, he's going to treat him like Mariano Rivera. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to pitch like Mariano Rivera. I don't know if your trust level has gone up in Edwin Diaz, well, but he course. is going to be aggressive in the way he uses him. He's earned our trust by his dominant performance. So even me, who was, if not the biggest, one of the biggest Edwin Diaz detractors, you know, he's earned the trust. But that doesn't mean that I'd be going to the whip for five out saves regularly. You know, Diaz, he did it that one time and he was nasty. I'm not sure I would do that often. But don't you look at the postseason, Ev, in a different way than the regular season? Because you know a lot of those starters are going to go to the bullpen. So, you, yeah, I mean, Trevor Williams is not going to be on the postseason roster. Right. There are a lot of these guys that aren't going to be on the postseason roster. You mentioned McGill, Peterson. You could have Taiwan Walker or Carlos Carrasco all getting big outs late in games, similar to what maybe the Nationals did in 2019 without a good bullpen. They used their starters that they weren't using in the rotation. So I'm less concerned about the bullpen in the postseason but more concerned about it now to get to the postseason. Yeah, you hit on the formula. I thought Dave Martinez was brilliant in 2019 with how he used his starters, especially when you have the off days in the postseason. You've got guys on their throw day that say, I'm going to use my big horses every once in a while out of the bullpen. I'd do it with Max and Jake too, by the way. You know, right. assuming there wasn't any risk of blowing their arms out, I would use them on their throw days to get you an out or two in a big postseason game. So it's... It's different. It's, it's definitely a completely different animal.